Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I'm calling it The Tale of Two Villains, where we talk about Draymond Green and Dylan Brooks. Also, we'll talk about Nick Nurse, him getting fired. Also talk about Phil Jackson, he has some things to say about the NBA, and some injury news as well. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so we are back with the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD, of course. So let's get back into the swing of things. So we, this actual episode, I'm titling The Tale of Two Villains. I'll explain more about that in a minute. But I did want to cover some news items in terms of the NBA so I wanted to cover those right quick. So let's get into it, shall we? So let's start off with some coaching news. Nick Nurse is out as the Toronto head coach. The general manager and president of operations, Masai Ajiri, announced that Nick Nurse is no longer will no longer be their coach. So let's talk a little bit about Nick Nurse's history there. He was an assistant coach under Dwayne Casey for five years before he took over as the head coach of the team. So he comes in as a head coach. He he coached there for five years. He comes in and in his first year, he wins a championship as a rookie head coach. His overall record in those five years, 227 against 163. So he had a 58.2% win percentage. And during that time, he finished as high as second in the Eastern Conference twice. He had a fifth place finish as well. And then this year, he finished ninth. So, and see, the thing I take out of this is... Nick Nurse, he was given an impossible situation with this current roster because it's too many similar players, man. You got a Pascal Siakam, who's, of course, their all-world power forward. Then you have a Chris Boucher. He's also a big, who also plays similar to Siakam. And you got Precious Achua. That's who they got back in the Kyle Lowry deal. In fact, but you know, all these guys play the same position, so you know, it's only 48 minutes you could dole out to these guys if you want to swing them to center, then that's another story. But then you have Jacob Poulter that you brought in from the San Antonio Spurs, so you kind of have a dilemma at that position. And then you had something similar at the small forward with Scotty Barnes and OG. Anunobi. Both guys are pretty much similar. Both guys are pretty much two-way. I say Barnes is more offensive than Anunobi, but Anunobi is more defensive than Barnes. So, But they're similar players. And then you are playing with a undersized shooting guard and Fred Van Vliet, who you were forced to put at the point guard position. And he played it well. I, I grant you that, but that type of player, I think you need a kind of a 
oversized point guard to play with him in order for him to flourish. You definitely need kind of a floor general type next to him. So, so I think the roster itself, especially this year, was kind of clunky. So, and then you have to lay that at the feet of Messiah Jerry. The fact that you heard during the trade deadline all the rumors of him wanting to make trades. But what happened was his accent price was too high for these guys. He was wanting a couple of first-round draft choices for OG Anunobi. He's a good player, I grant you that. But I don't think you're going to get a couple of first-round picks. Any one of them unprotected. You're not going to get that for him. So so I think that his accent price was too high for his players. So, But again, you know, Nick Nurse did the best he could with what he had. And, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes. But Nick Nurse, I assure you guys, he will not be unemployed very long during this offseason. You already got a couple of jobs that's out there. The Houston job, also the Detroit job. And mind you, judging on what happens with these first round playoffs here, uh, you're probably going to have some openings once that's done. So he's going to have his pick of the litter. So if I were Nick Nurse, I'd just sit back and wait for the right opening. I don't think he's a guy who wants to go to a Houston or Detroit type situation. I think he wants a team that's kind of an underachiever. He could come in there and employ his system. So, yeah. So, I think he's going to have his pick of the litter. So, I think he'll he'll lay back. He'll see what opens up. I don't think he'll uh, leap at the first job that opens up. So, uh, we'll see what happens there. And then you have Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson, who we last saw, was executive of the New York Knicks. He was given a five-year contract at $60 million. He was pretty much stealing money, basically. At that time, James Dolan was kind of desperate. The situation with the Knicks, he was in a desperate situation to kind of Because, you know, he was getting raked over the coals in terms of the media and the fan base over his hands always constantly being in the business of the the team. So in comes Phil Jackson with his coaching resume. Not so much the executive, but it is what it is with that. So he came here. He didn't live out his contract, by the way, guys. They pretty much departed services with him. Anyhow, so, Phil Jackson, he makes an appearance on a Rick Rubin podcast. And he reveals to Rick Rubin in this podcast that he hasn't watched the NBA since 2019-2020 season. Which was the actual bubble season where, you know, the pandemic hit in 2020. And then the NBA had to regroup and... For safety reasons, they put everybody in the bubble in Orlando. So basically, he said that he hasn't enjoyed or watched basketball since the 2020 bubble in Orlando, Florida. That was during the height of the COVID pandemic. The reasons why is because of the league's embrace of the Black Lives Matter movement and other social justice initiatives that kind of turned him off from the game. Here's what he was quoted as saying. It had to do with the politics more than anything else. I think the politically correct thing 
happened with the NBA in terms of this whole BLM movement. And he went as far as to say, you know, the names on the jerseys, all the different names on the jerseys, even his grandkids joked about it and so forth. Of course, Phil didn't correct his grandkids. He just let them go on with that. Last time I checked, you know, caring for the lives of black folks isn't a laughing matter, but what do I know? Anyhow, so he went on to say it's not about the game anymore. It's about the message, and that's not the way I believe the game should be played or presented. So that's what he had to say in that regard. So he had a problem with the politics of the matter, and called it wonky and it was trying to cater to an audience or trying to bring in a certain audience to the game they didn't know that it was turning other people off people want to see sports as non-political politics stays out of the game it doesn't need to be there let me stop you there phil phil jackson you played in the 60s and the 70s a lot was happening in the country a lot of civil rights and things of that nature. In fact, you had Bill Russell there, strong social justice advocate there, who we all know stood beside Muhammad Ali when he boycotted the Olympics. So you had that. Also, you had a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who also stood beside him, and he had his own social justice initiatives that he was dealing with at that time as well so you had that not to mention yourself phil phil from what i understand you had a problem with the vietnam war so you were out there protesting so that was political was it not i'm just saying and then now the more that i think about it the more i realize that yeah, you, you carried that thing into coaching too because I'm old enough to remember when Michael Jordan or his representative, whoever made the statement, Republicans buy sneakers too when he was asked to endorse a candidate, I think a Democratic candidate at the time. So, And that's when he made that statement. And also too, remember when they won the championship and went to the White House when George Bush was president, one of his players, Craig Hodges, came there in a daishiki and he pretty much was asking the president at the time about, you know, concerns of the black community. For that, you guys didn't bring Craig Hodges back. In fact, you had him blackball from the entire NBA. So this, all this was under Phil's watch. And then, oh, by the way, I'll bring this up because Scotty did the fact that in that 1994 series against the Knicks where he pulled Scotty and put in Tony Kukos, ran a play for him instead of Scotty. By the way, Scotty was like third, I believe, in the MVP voting. So think about this. Your MVP candidate, you kind of diss him to run a play for Tony Kukoc at the time. So so there's all of that to add to the mix. And then, you know, later on he says 
things about guys dressing in prison garb and how hip-hop has had a bad influence on the players that play in the league and then later he comes and he makes a statement about LeBron James of all people LeBron James who and he talked about you know the guys he grew up with Maverick Carter and those guys and he called them a posse which is a derogatory term pretty much so Phil Jackson it seems like you got a history of these sort of undertones of the old man yelling at the kids on his lawn so yeah so we're not feeling that Jalen Rose he went IG live to highlight the fact that Phil Jackson's coaching career was built on the backs of black athletes who won him championships so for him to disregard the bringing attention to because at the time there was the George Floyd killing in Minnesota as well as Breonna Taylor as well so yeah Phil, you're not looking good right now. So, and you know, people say, oh, he's kind of in that generation. I'll give you a guy who you don't hear any kind of foolishness like that come out of his mouth. And that's Bill Walton. Bill Walton is a 60s, 70s kid. And you don't hear him talking that upside the wall talk. And, oh, by the way, he, like Phil Jackson, was a deadhead. Still is kind of one. But you don't hear Bill Walton Talking that off the wall nonsense like that. So to say it's generational. Yeah I'm not going to give him that pass. So so Phil Jackson. We ain't trying to hear your nonsense. So so I'm just going to leave it at that guys. So alright let's get to the crux of what I wanted to talk about in this episode. And that's the tale of two villains. Who are the two villains? Let's talk about the first one. Draymond Green. Draymond Green and game two of his series with the Sacramento Kings, his Golden State Warriors. In that game, like during the fourth quarter, he stomped on the chest of DeMontis Sabonis in that game two. Draymond says that Sabonis grabbed his leg for the second time in two nights. So, and then actually in the video you see him kind of grab his foot to kind of prevent him from hitting on a fast break so he basically said that i guess he kind of complained to the referees whether they heard him or not who knows so i guess he took it upon himself to make a statement i guess and along with that that sabonis grabbed his leg he also said that well he had to land his foot somewhere and that he wasn't going to stretch out to avoid stepping on the man's chest here's the problem you stomped on the man's chest stepping on the man's chest is one thing but to deliberately stomp the man's chest is a whole different deal so sabonis was given a tech for grabbing draymond's leg on the play when they reviewed it and then draymond was giving a flagrant two foul and he was ejected from the game so that's how the referees called it at that time so of course the big question is wow are they going to suspend him for a playoff game so as the play was being reviewed oh let me go back as the play was being reviewed by the referees in the game 
uh, the Sacramento Kings fans kind of jeered at Draymond Green. And, you know, fans are going to do that because, hey, they just saw Draymond stomp their star player in the chest. To which, Draymond, he waves at them like to bring it on. And he cups his ear to like, you know, louder, I can't hear you, basically. So, oh, by the way, Adam Silver, the... NBA commissioner, he was at the game. So he got to see all of this go on. So the league office takes a look at it and decides Draymond Green is suspended for that game, game three in that series. Oh, by the way, in Draymond's history, he got suspended for a finals game versus Cleveland where he missed game five, and which pretty much turned around that series, by the way, because Cleveland ended up winning that series so so like i said the league office reviewed it and indeed they suspended Draymond for the game here is what nba executive vice president joe dumars in charge of these sort of things this is what he told the associated press about it this was not some snap of the finger decision to do there was much discussion and back and forth looking at the play itself over and over. And then ultimately we came to the decision that the act itself and repeat offenses, that's the key phrase in this, actually did warrant a suspension. And in terms of DeMontis Sabonis, it wasn't like it went completely unpunished. We didn't think it rose to the level of Draymond's play, excessive, over-the-top, dangerous, repeat offender. There's that phrase again. That's the separation between what he did and what Draymond did. I do think, because it kind of comes off as heavy-handed towards Golden State and Sacramento kind of gets off the hook, being that DeMontis just grabbed the, the foot. So if I were Joe Dumas, I would levy the fine towards Sabonis. This way, you have somewhat equity. It's not total equity of DeMontis missing the game as well, but... At least you have some sort of justice in that regard. So, with that said, now there was some that was disappointed that he got suspended. I know Stephen A. Smith mentioned, you know, he's disappointed in the NBA for suspending someone for a playoff game. But I circle back to the fact that Draymond has to be more conscious. He has to be more not in the moment where he realized, hey, what I'm going to do here could affect my team. It definitely affect the person I'm doing it to. So he's got to have that mindset. So that's where I disagree about the suspension. I think it had to happen. And again, the key phrase is repeat offender. The fact that he has history is why this was leveled upon him. So think about it. Draymond Green putting his 230 pounds, putting his weight on the chest of Sabonis. Not a good look. Not a good look, guys. So with that said, so what's in the future for Draymond? Uh, I will talk about this series once it's done. But right now, he has a player option for next season at $27.5 million. So he can opt out, guys. Will he do it? We'll see, but if he does, I tell you this right now, I don't see him coming back to Golden State if he were to opt out. I think his only chance will be to opt in 
And I think even with that, Golden State may want to say, look, because remember, you got to weigh everything into account. And this is something I kind of predicted when I did my season preview, that with the incident that happened with him and Jordan Poole, I think that still lingers like in the minds of those in the front office. So I wouldn't be surprised if they moved on from Draymond. I wouldn't be surprised, guys. So with that said, since I strongly doubt him being back with the Gold State Warriors next season, where could I see him ending up? I know a lot of people talk about the Lakers. I don't know if that happens, especially if the Lakers were to advance in the next round and what they do beyond that. So, here's a deal I would consider. I'll put it out there. You could send Draymond Green, Patrick Baldwin Jr., Ryan Rollins, send all those guys to the Brooklyn Nets, along with a protected first-round pick in exchange for Ben Simmons. I know people are going to say, what? Hear me out, guys. So, you're parting with Draymond. Granted, your history together and so forth. You're giving the Nets a player who has, you know, championship pedigree. He'll have a locker room that he can mold into his image, per se, uh, where he can talk and the young players there will follow. So, they have promising young players there, guys. You still have a Mikael Bridges there. You have a Nick Claxton, who I think he can definitely play off of as he's at the power forward position. You have a Cam Johnson how he works with Spencer Dinwiddie, that'll be interesting to see. But, you know, you have some young talent there that did make the playoffs. And then you have a Ben Simmons who Brooklyn doesn't want him back in a Nets uniform. It's been too much drama, too much with his injury history and so forth. So, is it injuries? I don't even know at this point. It could be from the neck up, so... Ben Simmons goes to a situation in Golden State where he gets a clean slate, where he can go there and prove himself. And what better kind of player to fill Draymond's ability as a basketball player than Ben Simmons, who's very talented, guys. You'll miss that leadership component, but he gives you everything that Draymond does, but not the heart of Draymond. That would be your issue right there, so... Anyhow, so that's your villain number one. Let's go to villain number two. Dylan Brooks. <laughs> Dylan Brooks. Here's how it all started, guys. He said in a pregame interview prior to game three, he said that basically LeBron, he's old. This is what he said in its full context. I don't care. He's old. He only said something when... I got my fourth foul. Sure didn't say nothing early on, but I poke bears. I don't respect no one until they come and give me 40. I pride myself on what I do, defense, and taking any challenge that's on the board. If it's LeBron, if it's AD, if it's whoever. I play my heart out. He knows that. The rest of the league knows that. I know my guys know that. So, this is from Dylan Brooks. Ah, so he's going to play the head game with a 20-year veteran in LeBron James and think it's going to play out well for him? Mm, I don't think so. LeBron, being the seasoned vet that he is, refused to take the bait. 
he was asked about Dylan's comments, to which he ignored and didn't answer. So he kind of sidestepped the issue. So enter game three, which happened on Saturday night. LeBron confronts Dylan during pregame warmups. A lot of people are wondering, what did he say? What did he say? What did he say? I heard Shannon Sharp say, basically, I'm going to cook you. Whether he said that or not, I don't know. So, I'm pretty sure he made reference to his comments. I'm sure of that. If we know anything about LeBron, uh, I'm sure he brought that to Dylan's mind. So, with that said, the Lakers crushing the Grizzlies at that time and at the half. And with the score about 53-37 to early in the third quarter. Dylan Brooks hits LeBron in the man region in a, I'm using air quotes here, an effort of reaching for the ball. I saw the replay. I saw the game live, by the way. And then I saw the replay a few times. And I'm like, yeah, this is not going to work out for you. So after the refs reviewed the play, Dylan was given a flagrant two foul for the contact that they deemed unnecessary and excessive. So he was ejected from the game. His stat line before he left, 19 minutes, 7 points. He shot it 3 for 13, 1 for 5 from 3, 2 rebounds and a steal. That was it for him. And LeBron, he had a great game, of course. So, And the Lakers ended up winning that game. At the post-game interview, LeBron, here's part of what he said. Because you know... Reporters, of course, are going to ask him, well, were you trying to make a statement in this game? Again, this is a 20-year vet we're talking about, LeBron. Here's part of his response. Nah, I've been doing this for too long. I'm making no statements. I don't need to make statements. That's what LeBron said. So, And also, they asked him about Dylan Brooks being suspended. He didn't say one way or the other whether he should be suspended. So we'll see what happens in that regard. And then, (laughs) this is where it gets really funny, guys. Dylan's response to his ejection. The media making me a villain. The fans making me a villain. And then that just creates a whole different persona on me. So, Dylan, may I lay out your resume? And that's just for this year thus far. 18 technical fouls. Two games you missed because of suspensions because of said technical fouls. Oh, by the way, you did shove a cameraman this year. You were suspended last year in a playoff game due to a flagrant two foul that you had on Gary Payton II, which caused him to break his hand, by the way. And then you were ejected from a game this season for striking Donovan Mitchell. Take a guess where he hit Donovan Mitchell at, guys. Yeah, the same area as LeBron in the man region. Yes, correct. So, Dylan. Dylan, buddy. Yeah, you brought this on yourself, man. So, whether they suspend you or not, I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah, yeah. You, you can't cry wolf now. Your resume speaks for itself. So, and like I said with Draymond, repeat offender. And that's in your record. Repeat offender. And that's the problem. So with that said, let's talk about his future. Dylan Brooks is actually going to be an unrestricted free agent. I would be stunned 
if he returns to the Memphis Grizzlies. I'd be stunned. I think they're done with his antics. The fact that, yeah, sure, he could defend, but he shoots you out of ball games. He's a horrendous shooter from the field. He's decent from the free throw line. And that's problematic, guys. That That's problematic. So, here's what I will say, though. You know, he talks this lofty stuff about himself. And talk about, you know, him being the villain. So, here's what I want to say. The difference between a Dylan Brooks, a Draymond Green, a Dennis Rodman in his day, a Bill Lane Bear during his time, and Meta World Peace, a.k.a. Ron Artest, all these guys play villain roles in their careers. You know what the difference between all of those guys and Dylan Brooks? All-star appearances and championships. You have Draymond, all-star appearances, championships. Dennis Rodman, multiple all-star game appearances, championships. Bill Lane Bear, multiple all-star appearances, championships. Metal World Peace even got him a chip, and he went to one all-star game. So, Dylan, yeah, you're not in that class yet. So, yeah, you got a lot to put on your resume, man. You are not those guys, that's for sure. So, you know what? You're the villain now. Embrace it. Own it. And here's what I'll say in terms of the free agency. Who is that team that's going to sign him, that's going to be willing to sign this guy? I'm sure there will be one. Will it be a playoff caliber team? I doubt that. I really do. Right now, Draymond Green, at his age, he's the more attractive free agent than Dylan Brooks, who's much younger. So I struggle to see where he's going to go next year. So I will leave it at that. So that is it for me. Oh, a couple of more items, just injury related. Giannis Antetokounmpo seems like he'll be back for game four. So he injured his back in game one, missed a couple of games, but he'll be back for game four. Bad news with Miami. First, you lose Tyler Hero with a broken hand. He's out for four to six weeks. And then in game three, you lose a Victor Oladipo. Oh, I feel for the young man. Tore his knee again. So he's out for the foreseeable future. Definitely prayers up and all that towards his way. Uh, he's been through so much. And then bad news out of Sacramento. De'Aaron Fox has a fractured finger so his status for game five is up in the air right now in that series so yeah so a few injury items there and also Joel B, who missed game four in the Sixers net series he's having a injury issue as well and we'll see uh, whether he's available for the next round. I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to give away too much because, again, I'll talk about this when I recap the first round. So, all right, guys, so I'm going to cut it off there. As always, I thank you for listening, guys. And you know what to do. All things basketball with GD.com. You can listen to me there. Leave a review there if you like as well. Sign up for email and all that sort of stuff. Also, YouTube, I'm there as well. All the podcast platforms, social media, I'm all over the place there. Just search for me, you'll find me there. All right, guys, so that's it for me. And thanks once again for listening. Always appreciate it. And talk to you soon.
So, my peeps, if you like what you're listening to, you can go to my website, www.allthingsbasketballwithgd.com. You can also email me at thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. To support this podcast, you can go to my PayPal, and that email is thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. Also on my anchor page, I have a support button there that you can also use to help the podcast. I'm on all the major platforms like Anchor, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon, SoundCloud, YouTube, CastBox, Radio Public, Podchaser, just to name a few. And also you can find me on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Clubhouse, and Fanbase. So, once again, I thank you for listening and supporting this podcast. And take care and be safe.